This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Hope you had the merriest Christmas ever and sending you love, peace, happiness, and joy and prosperity for 2016. The Reverend Gordon Williams is standing by. He'll instruct us in the art of spiritual warfare. Yep, he's an exorcist. Uh, He's up in Orangeville, west and north of Toronto, and his services are in very high demand. His phone, he says, is ringing off the hook. Uh, What does this mean? Is the veil between this world and the lower spiritual realms, the demonic realm, is it thinning? Uh, He'll be here momentarily to uh, explain and to share some rather harrowing uh, stories, encounters with demons. There is no hangout on air tonight. Repeat, we are not live streaming on YouTube tonight, but we will be again next week for our first show of the new year, 2016, just around the corner. Albert Vinzel and I have posted our usual assortment of tantalizing tidbits in the slide carousel on the website. Just go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the radio page for The Conspiracy Show. Again, it's strangeplanet.ca and uh, click on the radio page for The Conspiracy Show. Uh, For you Dark Knight fans, undergroundnews.com has posted a video entitled, New Clues Emerge from the Dark Knight Decoded. And the producer of the video series seems to be suggesting the clues in the film line up to some impending alien deception. Uh, And this, I don't know, some might find it funny, I find it kind of disturbing, but it's certainly a sign of the times. It's an encounter, uh, get this, it's an encounter between Time Magazine's Washington Bureau Chief, Michael Scherer, and a robot telemarketer that denies it's a robot. Uh, Michael actually refers to the telemarketer as a she. He says she denies she's a robot. But let's face it, it's an it. Uh, He says that she sounds like a charming woman, but then when he confronts her, she denies she's a robot, but then she fails several tests. For example, when she's asked what vegetable is found in tomato soup, She said she didn't understand the question. When she's asked multiple times what day of the week it was yesterday, she complains repeatedly of a bad phone connection. Then over the course of the next hour, several time reporters called her back, working to uncover the mystery of her bona fides. Her name, she said, was Samantha West. And uh, yet, she's definitely a robot, given the pitch-perfect repetition of her answers. Her goal was to ask a series of questions about health coverage. Are you on Medicare, etc.? Anyway, so the next time you uh, answer the phone and it's a telemarketer, uh, you are going to have to figure out whether or not you're talking to an actual person uh, or whether it's a robot. That is where we're at on the uh, precipice of 2016. The future has arrived. 
hold on tight, here comes the robot apocalypse. Uh, Now these robots actually deny they're robots. What's next? Uh, Right now, it's not flesh and blood with which we do battle or circuit boards if we're talking about robots. We are, says the Reverend Gordon Williams, engaged in full-blown spiritual warfare. He's been battling demons, exercising demons from homes, and performing exorcisms on countless people across Ontario uh, for years. And things, uh, he says, seem to be heating up. Reverend Gordon Williams is a pastor and evangelist who operates in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He holds a Master's of Divinity degree from Princeton Theological Seminary and was first ordained by the United Church of Canada. He's ministered in churches, parachurch organizations, and Bible colleges of many denominations. He's appeared on uh, countless radio and television shows in Canada and the United States, produced videos and uh, audiobooks, on the Spirit-Filled Life. His new book, which is uh, really decades in the making, is titled Victory Over the Kingdom of Darkness. Reverend Gordon Williams, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Very well, thank you, Richard. It's been quite a while. You were, you've been on my, my radio show a couple of times. It's, yes. been, it's been a few years at least. And you were also, of course, on my TV show. I think it was season one. Yes. We did an episode uh, with you. That's right. Uh, and, of course, you have the new book out. Congratulations. Victory Over the Kingdom of Darkness. Yes. What have you been up to since uh, we, we spoke last? It must be four or five years, I'm thinking. Yes, and it's taken actually a long time in researching that book for almost the rest of that, that t- period of time. And I understand that you recently, uh, well, about a year ago, you, yep. s- you survived a nasty head-on collision. Tell yeah. me about that. What happened? Well, I was uh, on my way to a meeting in uh, Lindsay, Ontario, and stopped for gas in a small town. I think it's called M- Milan or something like that. And I just filled up, and I wasn't hardly out of the town when a car came coming into the town, lost control, and hit me head on. And uh, uh, so um, I was uh, jammed in the car until the, the fire department came. But uh, unfortunately, uh, well, unfortunately, I just had a broken sternum and a broken bone in my left hand, but also had a blood clot, which prevented me from doing a lot of traveling, especially flying. But uh, that's all been healed now, and uh, we're back in full force. <laughs> did you lose consciousness at all? No, I did not. Ah, okay. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced, though, I'd say that. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. <clears throat> well, yeah. uh, someone was watching over you, to be sure. I'm sure you feel that way. Yes, very much so. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we have talked a number of times over the years about your work. Yes. Uh, not too far north and west of where I'm sitting, up mm-hmm. in um, uh, Orangeville. Yes. Uh, actually, uh, it's, uh, we're in Orangeville until uh, the Canada Post moved us out to Mono. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, down, it's a township, but it's now a, a town, apparently. <laughs> All right. And um, are still busy as ever with exorcisms, I'm guessing? Yes, I'm getting calls quite frequently. Uh, just uh, about two weeks ago, a realtor called me, who, uh, who, who was a friend of ours, and, and he's been trying to sell a condominium for ooh, several months, couldn't get a buyer to look at it. He said it was, it was fine, it's low price, there's no reason, but when people come in, they say there's something strange in here. So he asked me to go through and get rid of, it turned out there was a, an evil spirit in there. And I got rid of it. Uh, that, I went there about 10, and, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then by the time I left, 
Yeah, he called me at 4 o'clock and he sold the condominium. <laughs> there you go. So, obviously, the presence in there was so heavy that anybody could, anyone could sense it just yes. walking through the house. Yeah, people felt very uncomfortable, and they, 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 they just wouldn't stay in the, in the condo and it had to get out. And when you walked in there, what, what did you feel? Well, uh, most often when I go to, to get clear a house, they try to push me. Physically push Physically, you? yes. But as soon as I command them to leave, then that's it. They're gone. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I just ask Jesus to bless the place, and then I leave. And, and uh, do, they, do you know um, in Ontario here, do they have to disclose that uh, full disclosure when, well, when they're selling a house? Well, to, apparently. Uh, there's a, a Realtors magazine, uh, a, 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 well, a newspaper, really, uh, and they had a, a, a story, at least advice in there, that it, you must disclose the presence of any kind of spirit or whatever, uh, or the people could sue and get their money back. Now, isn't that interesting where we're talking about a government regulation or a law, yeah. uh, and of course, you know, officially, governments and, and um, the law, they don't recognize the yeah. unseen world, the spirit world, and yet yeah. here they have it in, in codified uh, that, that mm-hmm. essentially these things must exist. I mean, you don't have a law unless there's a problem, right? That's right. <laughs> Very bizarre. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's more, well, it's, a, it's a, a, a problem that most clergy don't believe in or don't want to accept exists. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, that, that the one group that you would think would be all over this, and most of them, in fact, are in denial. I mean, the, how yes. can that possibly be? How can uh, anyone who goes through seminary... Well, uh, that's, could, a, that's a good question, because uh, a lot of people, uh, pastors and clergy especially, uh, they're not taught really anything about this, or, or that sometimes in the Bible colleges or seminaries they tell them, don't, that's not even a question, it doesn't exist. And, and actually, uh, as I said in my book, the recent book, that uh, when, I, when I was in seminary, I went to one of the best ones in the world, in Princeton Theological Seminary in New Jersey, and uh, I, I, had, I, I didn't have any direct teaching about it, for or against and so, well, a few years after, well, two years, about two years after I graduated, I had a church in New Jersey, and I got, started getting frequent phone calls from this woman who, uh, like maybe 12 times a day, uh, asking me to come to her house. And so I finally went there, and the first time I went there, I thought, as soon as I mentioned the name of Jesus, she started screaming and cursing me and told me to get out of the place. <laughs> so, what did she expect you to say? You're a man of the cloth, and she invites uh, you over to her house? Well, and- so I didn't know what. I, so I, before I got home, she's phoning again, uh, and so then I went back the next day, and she, I thought I'd be more careful. I just brought along a Bible. <laughs> as soon as I mentioned Bible, she cursed me and told me to get out of there. And so by the time I got home, she was calling again, and uh, so then I went back the third day, and uh, I took a Christian book that I thought might be helpful. And as soon as I mentioned that, she cursed me and told me to get out of the place, and so I called a well one of my friends from seminary who was pastoring a church not too far away, and I, I told him, I said, listen, Dennis, I have a problem. I don't understand what's going on here. And I told him about what was going on. He said, oh, Gordon, it's just a simple case of demon possession. <laughs> a simple case of demon possession. Oh, said, is that all? I said, oh. yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't believe in that sort of thing. He said, if you want to help the person, you better at least act as if you did. Hmm. Well, his grades weren't any better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I called one of the professors at the seminary, 
who uh, was uh, teaching on you know pastoral work and how to help people. And he was also uh, doing work at the New Jersey Neuropsychiatric Institute. And so I phoned him at his office, and I said to him, uh, Sir, I've, I've run across a problem, and I, 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 can't, I can't figure out what the problem is. And he said, Well, tell me the symptoms. So I did, and he said, Oh, Gordon, it's just a simple case of demon possession. <laughs> there we go again. And I said, You mean this is real? He says, Very real. He gave me the names of some books uh, to get, and I read those. And then I would be ready the next time we would have a problem. And did you ever go back to that woman? Yes, I did. And, the, and she wasn't there. And I asked her neighbors if she, they knew what happened. They said uh, an ambulance had come and taken her away. I called around to the various hospitals there, but I, I, couldn't, I never located her. And so, I mean, was that, at, was at that point that you became convinced, or did it take oh, a, 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 a I knew particular then case? You, you knew that, then. Uh, that this is a reality that is often tried to be uh, ignored. And, uh, what do you suppose that, 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 that uh, religious leaders or, or priests and pastors are embarrassed to talk about this? Well, why is it that they, they or are some of them perhaps in league? Well, with... I, can t- I can tell you one thing I, I, th- I, I know for sure that many clergy think they have the authority to get rid of them, and they don't. And so they can get beat up pretty badly. Mm. Uh, I got a call one time from a, a family who had lived in Toronto, and her husband was a developer, and they built their dream home just south of Barrie. And we moved in there. There were these spirits in there that they had three children, and they were, I mean, they were teenagers up to 20, and they were dragged out of their beds and thrown underneath the beds by these spirits. Here in Toronto? It did, yeah, it, it just uh, south of Barrie. They oh, put, okay. The dream house was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, they called the local priest. Uh, he came in, and he went, came running out of there. Uh, and said, I'm not going back in there again. And so they heard me on your show. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I went up there and got rid of them. And... Uh, it, yeah, and, and, and so it was, it, they, they thought I was going to say no, but absolutely, I went there and helped them and got rid of them. And so they, they, they've had no problems. That well, I, I'm glad my program could be of some service. <laughs> Reverend Gordon Williams is with us. The book is Victory Over the Kingdom of Darkness, and we'll talk about his work as an exorcist right here in our own backyard in the greater Toronto area when the conspiracy show continues my name is richard Serrett, and please stay with us we are back with the reverend gordon williams in the book uh, victory over the kingdom of uh, darkness uh, you know this might be interesting because um the recent the local newspaper the or- or- orangeville um banner had a had a uh, one of the reporters came in and interviewed me and put, put me on the um front page of their, their newspaper uh, with a picture, and it says, Minister by Day, Exorcist by Demand. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> on average, how many calls a week do you get for people well, who need an exorcist? from week to week. Right. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I, that, that's basically... Um, Is there a busier time of year than others? I, I think it's pretty steady, actually. Mm-hmm. Because every time, well, especially you know when when well, for instance, uh, when I when I on on either radio or television or something, uh, or when people read our books, then they often find out that they that what the problem they're having is. Uh, it's just like uh, well, a few years ago, 
I, I was just getting ready to fly to uh, Saskatchewan to do ministry there, and about 10 o'clock I received a call from a man who lives in a uh, just south of Arthur, Ontario. He has his own farm there. And he explained to me that their their three year old daughter uh, was, was throwing up, uh, yeah, yeah, throwing up her meals at ten o'clock at night, no, ten thirty at night. Mm-hmm. And this has been going on for some weeks. They taken to a doctor and they couldn't find anything wrong, but she was losing weight, and um, they didn't know what to do about it. And her, his mother in law had been, heard me at a uh, speaking at a full gospel businessmen's meeting close by. And suggested to her son that she he, he call me, so he did. And I said, "Listen, I, re- I got to leave early in the morning." But he said, "Please." The doctor said she could die at any minute. So I said, "Okay." So I went there, and I talked to them, and I and I explained to them that the only way I could do this safely is if they were willing to let Jesus Christ be their Savior and Lord. That way, they could be protected. And so uh, they reluctantly agreed. And so then I asked him to step outside the house, and uh, and I took the little girl aside, and I commanded this evil spirit to leave her. And then I went through the house and made sure there's nothing left there. And so I went out west. When I came back, they they called me to tell me what had happened that night. They said they they were very anxious at ten o'clock, and they and they headed closer to ten ten thirty, and finally ten thirty came, and nothing happened. And nothing happened, and the little girl has been well ever since. So in in some cases, maybe in many cases, most cases, a demonic possession does not uh, manifest uh, as we're familiar with Hollywood depictions. In other words, levitation, speaking in foreign tongues. Well, sometimes that can happen. Sometimes, but I'm saying in, in many cases, maybe not. Yeah, that's right. Most often, the person starts acting very peculiar, and the name of Jesus Christ will, will just will drive them wild. Uh, and because they know that we have authority over them. Uh, for instance, uh, Jesus was uh, confronted by a man who was uh, possessed, and his name, he, he, Jesus asked him his name, and he said, My name is Legion, which meant he had probably 5,000 demons in him. But he had superhuman strength. And he, the, 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 the demon said to him, said to him uh, are you here to send us to the abyss before our time? Now, the abyss is a hell for demons. Right. And so, uh, so they suggested that he go, let them go into a herd of pigs that was there. And he said, yes, go there. The pigs ran down into the Sea of Galilee, got drowned, and they went on to the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call that Jesus... Uh, 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 recipe for dev- deviled ham. <laughs> <laughs> and is that do you, is that perhaps the first recorded exorcism? Oh no, we've we've, we've oh, oh, well in the scriptures. Yes. it's one of the yeah one of the ones. Uh, but I I was conf- I've been confronted with well in my book I mentioned I got a call one day from a man who told me that his son had phoned him that morning. He was possessed with a demon. He was hiding in his closet and phoning because he said the the demon wants me to start killing people. Oh my! And I don't want to do that. And so he called a pastor friend of mine and I, and talked to him about it. And he said told him to call me. So uh, this young guy had superhuman strength. He could lift a, a transport truck trailer up. You witnessed that? You witnessed that? Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. And so anyway, I met him uh, at my uh, my friend's church. And 
so I asked him uh, the three the couple questions I always ask them is first of all, do you want to be set free? Not everybody wants to be set free because the, these evil spirits, demons, they give people a religious experience. Ah, interesting. And so I said to him, he, when I came into the church, he was sitting in the front pew, and I said to him, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you want to be set free? And he said, yes. I said, then are you willing to let Jesus Christ be your Savior and Lord and receive what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where God's Holy Spirit will go into a person's heart? And he said, yes. And, but he, and it's interesting, because when I come in, he was growling like a dog. And after I, before I asked him each question, he, and he growled before he gave me the answer. Hmm. So I got him to stand up and go to the, to the front of the church there, and I asked him the three, same three questions. And he agreed to, he growled and agreed to each one. And then, but then he says to me, does this mean I have to speak in tongues? And I didn't, speak, I didn't say anything about that. Hmm. But demons know that anybody that speaks in tongues has authority over them. Interesting, interesting. Uh, and so... Uh, I prayed with him. He got set free. He uh, then began to speak in a language. It happened to be biblical Hebrew. Whoa. That's... Yes. I studied that. Ancient Hebrew. Ancient Hebrew. And he was... Uh, See, uh, the Holy Spirit gives... When he goes into a person's life, he gives them a a real language that's spoken someplace in the world today or in the past. And that's part of God's communication system for the church. Now, most churches don't have this, and so that's one of the reasons why they, they don't recognize this, and so that's why they're not, do, not doing well, uh, because uh, they, they can't even recognize when they have evil spirits in their church buildings. And I've had to go through church buildings as well. Anyway, this young guy was set free, and uh, I had, we had actually had uh, lunch with his pastor a, f- a few weeks later, and he told me that the young fellow was doing really fine now. He's had no problems. And uh, he had a job, and he has, has, has well, was was healthy and well. How are these people singled out for possession? Why why them? Well, you know, I've often quite wondered that. <laughs> In my experience, uh, they will attack uh, anybody um, if they're I'll call them if they're bad sort of bad sinners, or if they're not bad sinners. Uh, well, that's they, who does that leave out? <laughs> those people right. with sin or those people without? Yeah, for instance, that's everyone. For instance, one of the most common experiences for, for people and, and for Christians and not non-Christians is for to wake up in the bed in the morning and feel something sitting on your chest, holding you down, and you can't get up. Right. And and the only way they can get get this spirit to back off is to say the name of Jesus, and it will back off, but it doesn't leave. Uh, I had a, a, a woman referred to, young woman referred to me uh, here in Orangeville who had that very thing happen to her. She watched the clock at the foot of her bed move from 5 to 6 o'clock in the morning until she finally sat and breathed the name of Jesus out, and this thing backed off. And so her, she called her grandmother, who knew me, and suggested that I, she call me. So I went there, and I asked uh, her, and her, 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 her to take her boy outside. And uh, and so I took authority over the building, and, and it was an open, and, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, when you come in the door, it had the open ceiling for two. For, like a vaulted uh, ceiling. The next door, right, right. floor, you know? Right, yes. And when I took authority over this, this big bird-like things come flying down at me, and I commanded to leave here and go to the abyss, and the thing literally went through the wall. Wow. So you've seen these entities. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
uh, come, they can come, uh, one of the most deceptive uh, things they can do is they come, after somebody dies, they will turn up there looking like the person who died, and they think it's a member of the family or the friend that just died. Right, right. The haunting, what we call hauntings. But exactly. You're saying these are not ghosts. This no. is trickery of the highest order. Yeah, yes. And see, the, in fact, see, the, 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 the ghosts are not the spirit of, spirits of people. They're what they call what we call um, um, uh, uh, f- familiar spirits. Familiars, yes. Yeah, they come looking like somebody familiar to you, and so they don't seem to be dangerous. But then all kinds of things will start happening in the house, and the person will will end up being sick themselves. And it, the end purpose is to really to kill people. How? Uh, well, I mean, there, there, there was the entire spiritualist movement then was built upon. You're saying a deception. That's right. The whole thing is a deception. Uh, in fact, I found that it, it, whenever they have these uh, psychic fairs, yes, it's easy to stop them by simply walking through <laughs> through the building and praying in uh, you, with the language that the Holy Spirit gives you, and nothing will happen for them as they try to do their thing. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I sneaked into a, a <laughs> at one time. I sneaked into a, a meeting where actually for which people involved in witchcraft. And I was sitting at the back, and I started quietly praying. <laughs> and the, the 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 lady at the who was a, the speaker stopped and said, "Listen, is there a Christian in here?" And I said, "Yes." Would you please leave? Yes. And so uh, did you? Yes. I well, it's their meeting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Although it's interesting, I've been on a lot of talk shows with witches and warlocks and what have you, and I got to know quite a, I've got to know quite a few of them. And the one man who was really a leader in Toronto uh, started referring people to me. <laughs> and I said, I thought I called him. I said, "What are you trying to do to me here?" He Which said, team are you playing for? Yeah, you you don't understand that we in witchcraft are highly highly competitive. And we don't want everybody that comes to us. So I thought maybe you could do something with them yourself. <laughs> All right. The Reverend Gordon Williams is with us. Victory over the kingdom of darkness. And yes. his phone is ringing off the hook of the people in need of uh, uh, spiritual cleansing, demonic possessions, and so forth. What percentage uh, of the calls involve simply clearing a building or a house versus an actual um, uh, well, it could be approximately 50% at, one, at least at one point. Uh, if, for instance, I, um, when I, was, I pastored a, a church in Brampton for, for several years during the 1970s. And uh, after, uh, well, I married this couple, and about, uh, it must have been 16 years later, uh, uh, I was, had a church in Kitchener, and the, this lady comes to see me, and she's just, uh, she's crying, and she said, uh, I need your help, but I don't know what I can do. I said, what's the problem? She said, well, from the first morning that we stayed in this house, I heard somebody walking down, this, down the, uh, our hallway. My door opened, and this spirit looked like a little old man came over and shook my arm. Then mm. went down the hall and did the same thing to one of my daughters. It's been doing that every day for 16 years. And I, she said, I've gone to various people, people in the occult, people which... Minister said nobody can can help me, and I said, "Look, at, um, I will come to your house tomorrow morning and get rid of it for you." And she said, "You mean to tell me you can come in there after 16 years and get rid of it just like that?" 
I said, I do it today, but my calendar's full. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there at the time. I told him to, not to be in the house when I went there. I went there, at, and I went, went while well, I was in the, their basement, came up the stairs, and then I saw this man, spirit man, walking through the front door up the hallway. Literally walking through the walking. front door. Walking. Yeah. And I said, I've been looking for you. And you're, I'm commanding you to leave here now and go to the abyss and stay there in the name of Jesus Christ. It turned around, walked right back through the door, and they've never had a problem since. There you go. All right, uh, Reverend Williams, we'll take a time out, come back. More of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The Reverend Gordon Williams is a very busy man. He's an exorcist, and uh, the new book is Victory Over the Kingdom of Darkness. Now, I have a friend uh, in New Jersey who, um, who wrote a book called Seal of the End Times, and he talked about some of the misadventures he had in trying to complete that book. He writes about end times prophecy and so forth. And, and uh, he, he talked to me about battles he had with, with demons and also, uh, on the positive side, uh, yeah. intercessions by uh, angels in helping him complete this book. Did you have, was, were any demons running interference preventing you from writing yes, this book? Yes, sometimes, especially for my, uh, my editor. Um, <laughs> the first book we did together... I called her to go over the, uh, the manuscript, and she walked away from the phone, and about 15 minutes later, she came back and said, Gordon, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. I started walking across the floor, and something picked me up and threw me across the air. Oh, my. I landed on my back. Wow. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I've had... Uh, You're a dangerous person to know, Reverend. Yeah, yeah, that's what she said. She has to pray before she, she edits any books anymore. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they they uh, they will uh, cause. Uh, um, I know this. I know that that head-on collision was caused by such a, uh, such a thing. They were trying to take you out and prevent this book because being it published. talked to me. It talked to you. Yes. What did it say? Um, actually, it, it was. It wasn't just a demon. It was. It was the devil himself. The head uh, honcho. Uh, no, this this was in my car when right. I was going out a year ago. To a meeting in Link, in uh, in Lindsay, right before the accident. Yes, and in the middle of the accident, with the wreckage around. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.